Okay, we're back, and it's just Chelsea and I, and I am excited because we're going to talk about what you want to talk about, which is Ferrari and F1 and all that stuff, which is a weird side of the car world that I have literally no idea what goes on. You went yeah, to the Grand Prix recently. The, the what? Yes. I'm wearing the perfect outfit for this right now. I know. That's, I was actually kind of hoping. I, I didn't tell you at all what I wanted to talk about, and then you hopped on, and I was like, ah, there it is. That's, that's spectacular. That's what I was going for. I'm very predictable. So when was the, is it last weekend? Uh, May 5th through the 7th. Was that last weekend? I think that was two weekends ago. This is the, it's the 18th today. So yeah. It was two weeks ago. Two weekends yeah. ago. Yeah. Pretty cool. Though. I was flying. So who won? Uh, it was Max Verstappen in first place. Checo, Sergio Perez in second. Both of them are Red Bull. And Alonso for third. Fernando Alonso. He's an Aston Martin. Um, I was expecting him to get podium, though, so I wasn't that surprised. I only know Max Verstappen is the only name I know, and then Lewis Hamilton's the other one, and then there's Sebastian something or other. Those are the only racers I know. Lewis got sixth place, and um, Carlos Sainz got fifth. George Russell also drives for Mercedes with Lewis. He got fourth. Isn't Lewis Hamilton French? No, he's uh, English, African-American. Is he really? Or I'm sorry, English, African-English. I don't know how that works, but yeah. Well, I knew he was a black guy, but I didn't. I thought he was French, and I thought it was like the most beautiful irony on the planet of like the best driver on the planet's French, and the French are renowned for being the worst drivers on the planet. There are French drivers on the grid, though. Yeah, which is like... And they're I, not I, bad. I love the irony. Well, there's always exceptions to every stereotype, which is really cool, And but it's just, I just think it's funny. I think it's actually a pretty uh, build grid with like different things because there's Chinese, Japanese, Thailand, French, German, American now because Logan is on Williams. Um, he's like the first American in a while, like at least a couple decades, I think. I was gonna ask if we historically ever had anyone there. <laughs> Oh, we have actually. There's a there's another Ferrari driver, Phil Hill. He was a world champion in like maybe the '60s. He was American though. When did you get into all this? Like, did I have? Has this been like a long time coming, and I just didn't know? Quietly, yeah. <laughs> Very quietly. I've known you for forever. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's not that. I don't think it's very hard to get into. Like. I feel like maybe people think it is because a lot of it is rich European sport mindset, um, which it is. It's very expensive. It's not a cheap sport to like get into or even watch. I'm not even going to tell y'all what I paid to see it for that weekend. It's basically like going to a, a, what are those little concerts called? The music festivals. It's like the same price mindset. Um, more actually, if you want to get a really nice seat and I wanted a nice seat cause I got a turn. Um, I got a chicane actually. So it's like, that's usually where the like where people try and pass one another, which is why I really wanted that seat, and I did get to see people pass one another, so I was screaming. Um, but it's not a cheap sport, but it's not also that hard to get into. There's so much information on F1, and like you can watch Netflix now if you want. And uh, Drive to Survive is the Netflix F1 series, mm -hmm. and now there's an IndyCar series, which is also really fun to watch. We want to go watch an IndyCar 
June because I have two girlfriends that are like really into it. And I'm like, fuck, uh, fudge it. I want to watch it so bad. I was like, let's go. <laughs> and that was cheap, actually. IndyCar is super cheap. You can get paddock passes. Like to meet the drivers and everything for like 150 bucks. It's not bad. It's definitely a sexy sport. Like it's one of those things where I feel like you gain class points if you are an F1 person. Someone, you're like, oh, did you catch the race the other night? And someone's like, what are you talking about? And you're like, oh, you're not one of us. I'm like, oh shit, this guy's awesome. <laughs> Honestly, if you're like into motorsports, you lose your weekends. Yeah, yeah, because that's the best time because... to do motorsports. No, no, it's just that that's when everyone's racing. You have F2, F3, F1, MotoGP, Indy, NASCAR, if you're into it. Um, I'm not that into NASCAR. I do want to watch the race just because, like, why not? But not really that much into NASCAR. Um, there's Formula E for, like, people that w want to see the electric cars, which they are pretty cool, to be honest. Um, and now there's Formula One Academy, which are the girl drivers. They're all girl drivers. So do they play music at, like, Formula E? Because it's, like, electric batteries don't make noise. And I think the noise is the most fun part of the whole event. They, they do make noise what kind of noise um i can honestly tell you i think they're made i i'm not sure but i think they make noise just for the purpose of making noise because you're at a formula track that's i would not ever try to invite sports fans to a silent uh sporting event i don't think that would go well it is very cool though i honestly the ones i've gotten into would probably be f2 because the, I like the McLaren Aero team for F2. Um, they have really fun drivers. I haven't gotten into E. I don't think it's that interesting yet. Maybe just because I don't think any of the drivers are interesting yet. Um, that's another thing. I'm super biased. Like, I will like a team just for the driver. I don't like the team. I like the driver. Do you right think, now, I like Ferrari. But Do you think there's less skill in the electric car racing besides the gasoline? Yeah, because no, for I, sure there is. Formula One I is like the well. highest driver you can be. Yeah, it's you know fucking those things are to drive. That's not that's not to say that Formula E drivers don't go into Formula One because Nick DeVries, um, he's a driver in Formula One and he, Fravatori, and he drove in Formula E and so did Alex Albon and he's in Williams team. They both drive for Formula One now, but they started in F. Well, actually. Alex didn't really drive that long in FE, but he was in FE. So, like, some people just kind of do this as a way to get into F1. Yeah, and that makes sense. You prove yourself that you can handle the easy stuff and then take on the hard stuff. And I'm not saying it's easy in any way, but so take, like, rally racing, for example. I, I, that is the one sport that I actually really do enjoy watching because you look at it and you're like, this is the, <laughs> this is the cross-country skiing of racing. It's just ridiculous. It's a bunch of dudes in Subarus and Mazdas, like, trucking over hills up a mountain and with the cliff right next to you that's terrifying and it's really cool one of the drivers his dad is a world champion for uh rally car racing wow and they did like this whole little video where they went to visit his dad's like his dad owns acres of just dirt land to do the rally car racing his dad's like 60 now and still does it it's my dream I want to go see one just so badly now from their little 10 minute video that they did promoting his dad. I was like, I want to see it now. Also, there was a woman driver that did rally car racing a long, oop, I hit my mic, That's okay. a long time ago. And she was like a badass woman. I, I have to find her name. I think it was Michelle. But if you see the videos of this woman driving, I was like, maybe that could be me if I had really big 
insane hand-eye coordination. Oh, they train really funny sometimes, though. Like, I think the tennis ball thing is funny. I haven't seen that. What are, what are you talking about? You, they literally just drop the tennis ball, and you have to be really quick to catch it. Oh, I see. Okay, I got you. Yeah. It's harder than it looks, because me and my friends did it just to mess around, and I was like, it can't be that hard. No, it is. No, it is. Um, I thought my hand-eye coordination was pretty good. It's not. Split-second reactions. Well, that's why I have a lot of respect for any of the guys that do, like, the low-level racing, too, because it's literally just them and engine and five or six gears, and they're just banging through them one at a time. And if you're not completely in tune with your vehicle and whatever it's doing, you're, there's no chance you're going to win. It's like the best normal driver on the road doesn't even begin to hold a candle to someone at that level. Oh, not at all. Like I mean, F1 can go up to like 200 miles per hour, 300 and something uh, kilometers per hour. It's really fast. <laughs> it's really, really fast. Um, it's fun to see it, though. I, I agree. So the, the rally is interesting, I think, because... There's people on the side of the road, and the road's not very, it's very narrow. Like, it's not wide at all. And so these people are just not standing there. Yeah, I agree. I'm like, what the heck are you doing? Like, there's this this four-wheel drive little monster is ripping through the woods. And you it, you have, what, like 10 feet across? And the thing takes up six of it. I mean, <laughs> if he's a couple feet off, you're toast. <laughs> or she. I do think that's why a lot of people like it, though. The danger? I agree. Yeah. That's why people like racing in general. Oh, yeah. No, it's a lot of fun. I remember, actually, the first time I, I drifted in my little not-very-cool, not-powerful sports car, and I was like, this is it. Like, I get, I caught the itch. I said, this is why people do this. I 100% get it. And I've been chasing that ever since in my entire life. There's this thing you can do. <clears throat> There's this thing you can do for, like, a, it's a thousand-something dollars, but... Um, you can pay to have a, I, I don't know if it's like a Formula One driver, they might give you like an F2 driver, depending on who's there, but you can do the hot Pirelli laps and oh, you, they'll take you around whatever lap you're at, like whatever track you're at, they'll take you on a couple laps in an F like two car, I think. That'd be insane. Something like that. That'd be crazy. Uh, I don't think I would do it. Oh man. I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be really fun. I would maybe get like in the safety cars. I would get in the safety car. Well, they're probably not going to drive at full capacity. They're going to do like 75% and it's still going to blow your mind. Yeah, it looks fun though. So what's the difference with the numbers? Because you said F1, 2, and 3. What are that? What's the difference? Engine differences. Okay. Just so, capability of speed. Got it. Do you know what the actual, like what's like the measured difference? I don't really understand. Power-wise, like. I don't, but that's a very good question. Question. What are the, do you, see, like, what kind of engines are they using in F1 now? Because they used to, I think they used to use V8s or 12s, and I, I would, I thought I heard that they just went down to sixes. Yeah, so we don't use 12s anymore. We use um, V6s, yeah. and I just did this the other day. It's 1.6 liters. It's itty bitty. And yeah, and they are turbo charges, which is interesting. Um, and I, if I'm not wrong, I think they've actually might have been V6 for a while now. But that's what they use. They use a V6. I remember it blew and, my mind because I heard it was a long time ago. It was like the beginning of that true racing era. I think the 50s or 60s, Ferrari had like a 1.3 liter V12, something like that. It, that's 
nuts if it's like that those, those cylinders are so small and they have to be going like that that has to be the most efficient well-built engine of all time to crank out the amount of power that it did so f1 car engines and f2 the difference is that an f1 will max at about a thousand at a thousand horsepower which is a ton yeah f2 max is at 620. that's still a ton like that's a lot that is <laughs> But I would say it's it says it's about a ten to fifteen like mile per hour difference. Jeez, I so I've I've the, probably the, the most powerful car I've driven I know is a seven hundred and I think it's seven oh eight is what they put in the NASCARs and so I got to drive one of the stock cars around the NASCAR track, and it is quite literally a gigantic V eight, and some pipes that lead out the back and that's it like that's that and four wheels, and that was wild and they don't give you all the power like they've got a guy next to you with a computer and he dials the power up and down to what he thinks you can handle so he didn't even give me everything and i was still blown away the formula one cars are kind of like very advanced go-karts yeah yeah well the technology's got to be incredible i'm sure yeah it is um but it, it really is also just like a go-kart like almost everything is replaceable because if something happens, like they need to go in the pit stop in and out really quick. So they literally have the front wings. They can completely change that on and off. The back wings completely change it on and off. Um, obviously the tires and the wheels and all that, which right now they have, I think with Pirelli and that's contract is probably going to be up either next year, or 2025, I think. Um, so I don't know. Like it's technically, it's advanced in the sense that all of the gears are buttons and, you know, they have the map and like things like that. And they can see when they need to like, um, DRS or whatever, but I, I wouldn't say there's like a lot of tech technical components in it. I don't, I, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm not that much into the tech. I have a friend, Casey, who's like really into the tech of it. She can explain down to the brakes and everything, but I'm still learning the build of it. I'll bet it's incredible. I mean, people when people think technological for cars, they think an iPad in the center and a whole bunch of fancy holograms and stuff. And that's not at all what it is. It fancy fancy technology for a car is the um what did I forget? It's like the DRS. They, there was some really really fancy transmission. It's not fancy anymore. They came out that Volkswagen came out with, and they threw in a bunch of their cars, and um, Porsche Porsche did too. But like that's fancy technology. And so for what I mean is. When they push a button, it is an instantaneous immediately into the next gear without even, a, there's not even like a breath in between it. That's good technology. Yeah. No, yeah, it is. Because the DRS really, it just, um, it's like what they press a button. You're right. It's literally the press of a button and then it hits specific zones in the car so that the rear wing can open up a bit. And then that's what gets the airflow to increase the speed. Um, and it should reduce dragging. The only problem is, that's really great like on the straight but if you try doing that on the turn you're most likely going to hit a wall <laughs> so s some drivers can laugh. do that very well hit a wall some drivers are no like hitting drs so, uh, which you have to be like within a second of the car in front of you to hit drs you can't just like do it what is drs um, i may have been i may have been talking about something else DRS is drag reducing system i think got it so i was talking about something else and i used the wrong acronym but continue so DRS in F1 is drag reduction system. And with a press of a button, that's like how cars can go. Pretend it's like a turbo boost button. Yeah. <laughs> and you just go vroom when yeah. you do that. Um, cut, but you have to be within drag. a second of the car in front of you. 
Okay. And if you don't hit it, like right after you hit the DRS, like you have to wait again to do it in the next DRS zones because there's only certain zones you can do it in. Is it the, so it's, it's supposed to reduce crashes, I assume? No. No? No, DRS is supposed to help you beat the person in front of you. Right, I get that. But so it, normally if you didn't, you would just have to muscle your way through with a normal the normal boost that you have and that's going to result in crashes oh yeah so this is yeah. this is like hey if you see a gap take the gap and don't kill anybody yeah and if you if, i don't think they're supposed to actually but usually if there's a driver on the same team in front of them and they're going too slow like they'll be like hey you're gonna get past just letting you know like let him do it um but there's also first and second seat driver so some just know I didn't know that. I'd always wondered because that was the one thing that never made sense to me was when they're going around and you see like, so if you do go-karts, go-karts are really fun, but there's always some asshole who's going too slow ahead of you. And you're like waiting for an opportunity. And if you hit it, you hit it. Great. You're ahead of them. But sometimes they just aren't paying attention. And then you knock into them and then everyone's done. You're toast. It sucks. So that it's a much larger consequence if you're on a track. They'll just wave a blue flag at you. Yeah. And that they'll tell you, like, hey, like, you, they, you have to let the person that you get past, like, past you. One sec. Oh, all right, we're back, by the way. So 28 is not old. That's pretty young, I think. Oh, yeah, no, okay. So in the sense, I think the oldest driver on the grid right now is Fernando in his 40s. After him, everyone kind of averages out in their 20s. Yeah, 40s old for an athlete. I'll absolutely gonna admit that but so like soccer players get old at 30 you're like okay you're an old player football players last a little bit longer what is so the, what's the average lifespan of a driver it depends how early they get onto the circuit i guess um they probably do like mid-30s i feel like is when they start retiring okay that's not bad I mean, that's probably a pretty good career what 10 years uh could be more. I mean, Fernando's been driving since like, I don't know, 2006. Feels like Lewis Hamilton's been around for forever. Lewis and Alonso, I think, actually came in the same year. They both started with McLaren, if I'm not wrong. I don't know how you keep up with all of it. <laughs> um, yeah, Lewis did start with Fernando Alonso. Okay, so Lewis started with McLaren, but Fernando Alonso was just joining in. So literally, Lewis started after Alonso. That's how long freaking Alonso's been driving, and he does not plan on retiring. Like, he has said it. He's like, I'm not leaving. Well, it probably doesn't beat on your body as much. It probably beats in your heart more than anything. Alonso's actually been in, like, two accidents that he shouldn't have gotten out of. Oh, jeez. Well, yeah, I mean, it only really takes one bad one. He had one where he completely flipped, but there is um, this piece on a car now called the Halo. It only came in in like 2016, I think. And that's most likely what saved him. So basically the Halo stops you from hitting your head when the car rolls now. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, it, there wasn't a Halo before. So if you flipped, you flipped. Yeah, and you're just toast after that. Yeah, and then there was a really big fire. Um, like maybe 2017. I don't want to say his name because I, I always pronounce it wrong, but it, it's like Ocean or something. Oh no, let me see. Oh, there was a driver caught on fire, like completely head to toe fire. Was it, I saw the race and I was just like, this is terrifying. Um, and they, they were playing it. Like they were showing the fire while this is happening. 
he's called a man on fire in F1. Um, he had his corrosion and it was a fireball crash that literally, I don't even think they got that far from the, like the starting line. They just crashed into it and just caught on fire. F1 is not safe. And no. I think it's another reason a lot of these people don't go past like 30 something because they start having kids and they're like, mm, I'm done. Yeah. It only takes one and you're toast. It's not like football where you play 10 years and you're like, all right, well, I'm forgetting things, which means that I need to really stop doing this. Yeah. It's a crazy, some, crazy sport. You can also get like benched in F1. So that's kind of similar to normal sports. I feel like the only thing more elite and like rich European than owning a soccer team is owning a race team, like a racing team. So most race teams actually aren't personally owned. So who owns At them? least not anymore. Well, Red Bull owns Red Bull, I gotta assume. Mercedes is owned by Mercedes. McLaren is owned by McLaren. Um, Alpha Tori is owned by Red Bull. Alpine, I believe, is... Actually, I'm not sure who Alpine's owned by, but I know that Williams is owned by Mercedes. And Aston Martin is personally owned by this very, 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 very rich man um, who... If you know F1, it's kind of a dick. Um, <laughs> and his son drives for the team that he owns, which I will defend the son. I don't think he's a bad driver. He's a pretty really, I think he's a good midfield driver and he's one of my favorites. So I will die defending him, but I do think his dad's a dick. Can you, well, could you privately own one and then be sponsored by one of the big flags? I don't know. Be, well, maybe. Some of them trade engines like Renault was a team that raced Formula One, but Renault also supplied engines to Red Bull for a very long time until Red Bull switched to Honda or Honda at Honda. One of them. Uh, that's a big difference between those two companies. I always confuse them. Honda's they Japanese. Hyundai is South Korean. Okay. Japanese. I think it's Honda. Probably Honda. Although if I'm not wrong, they're going to also be switching to Ford in like 2026. So Ford versus Ferrari again. That was a good movie. Did you watch that movie? I've seen it way too many times. I love it. I really, I think they did such a good job. It's funny though, because I'm a very big Ferrari fan. Um, and I watched the movie and I'm like, I don't want to side with Ford, but the movie is so well done that I'm like, I'm siding with Ford yeah. America. But they didn't, Hoorah. they didn't tell the story perfectly accurately. They, they had, they took a they couple, never do. no, they took a couple Hollywood liberties. And I was I knew the story because they told it, uh, it was either in, um, Top Gear or the Grand Tour, one of those, but the guys told the story and they were like, they almost got it. A couple differences. And they went through the whole thing. I was like, I would, you know. It wouldn't have been as fun to watch if they'd done it perfectly accurately, but it was still it was still would have been a killer story. I think it's fun. And I mean a lot of the teams in uh Formula One, and this is like the reason I like Ferrari, the a lot of teams in Formula One, they're they do Formula One to fund their businesses and Ferrari made cars to like fund his racing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm always like I love that so much. That was a good story. I, I always forget who came first. I think it was Ferrari who was followed by Lamborghini, but I know they had their tractor feud and then one started racing and the other followed him. 
It um it was Lamborghini after Ferrari. Yeah, that makes sense. It's it's funny because Ferraris are just like the epitome of elegance and class and like sportsman racing, and then the Lamborghinis are just like. <laughs> I'm loud. I'm fast. I'm rich. Get out of my way. I'm actually trying to make sure if I even got that right. Yeah, I should probably know it too if I'm a fan. Yeah, because I don't really know that much about Lamborghini. Oh. Yeah, but it was Ferrari was. Uh, I know they're uh, both Lamborghini was snubbed sales. by Ferrari, but I mean, all of those people snub each other. Right, they're Italian. They're so prideful. <laughs> That's I'm Italian. I, think it, I get um, it. <laughs> Fiat snubbed Ferrari. Did they? And Ferrari still went back to him. Yeah. Interesting. It's funny. Car so, <laughs> Fiat snubbed Ferrari, and then Ferrari went into Formula One, but then he had to fund the Formula One by making cars. So he went to Fiat, and Fiat was the only one that agreed to let Ferrari have complete control over the racing. But Fiat got to use their um, production companies in Marinello and somewhere else. That makes sense. So they get to they get to take advantage of the scale that they could produce things at without having to remove the soul of the company. Yeah, which Ferrari didn't care because he just wanted to race cars. And then when he passed away, Fiat took over. I think like ninety percent of the company. When did they? Ferrari is a publicly traded company. I used to own a bunch of Ferrari shares. Never made any money off them. <laughs> but they ended up owning ninety percent in nineteen eighty eight. Got it. That makes sense of whenever they got it back. I um I'm really sad they they finally caved and they said for so long that they wouldn't and I I kind of called it because they them Mercedes and there was a couple other brands all said we're never going to kill our V8s we're going to stick with it until the end of time and deal with it and it'll be fine and then all of a sudden they're like wait a minute electric SUV that'll make us money and I was like oh you fucking sellouts like really come on Ford doesn't surprise me Ford sucks but and I'm a Ford person but Jeez, really? The one classy brand left on the planet. Total sellout. I think they're all just trying to keep up with demand. Of course, and that's what I hate so much, is that people's tastes are so bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they the, are. The, the, Hyundai, I I, the Hyundai Ioniq 4, which is a hideous electric SUV, is one of the best-selling cars in America right now. It looks terrible. <laughs> Okay, jump. But like almost every car sold in America looks exactly the same and they is do. ugly. They do. I completely agree. There are no good looking cars nowadays besides the Ford Mustang. I was watching American Gangs. What is it? American something with my parents. American. And the new Corvette. They look great. Mm. Is it Gangs? I have no idea what you're talking about. American Graffiti. I was watching some. Oh, yeah. American Graffiti. That's the name of it. It's a movie from like the 70s. But every single car in the movie, me and my dad were like, wow. Design was wow. so great in the 70s. It was so good. It was so funny. Just every single color they had, every single car design. You had like the little Fiats that we still have now. And then you had these long cars. I was like, that is the size of a bus. The seven liter engine muscle cars that didn't go past 60 miles an hour, but were so huge. It's hilarious. But also, I would love a really long fun car instead of i mean i love my mazda but she also looks like a lexus from the back yeah yeah well that's the funny thing is that the hondas look like mercedes now you you drive behind one you're like oh what is that it looks pretty good and i'm like oh that's a fucking <laughs> honda accord like what and the new kia redesigns 
Kia's done well. Kia's done really well. Hyundai's done really well. They're all pretty modern cars. But now cars. it all looks the same. They all look identical. And the funny thing is there's absolutely nothing that I can tell. And if someone who owns a car company wants to come on here and tell me I'm wrong to my face, I would love for you to do that. There's nothing stopping you from making cool looking cars. Nothing. Nothing. You're just doing it's it because you're sellouts. The what? I think it's because of the resale. But it's uh, it's just stupid. Like, I mean, even even the bigger vehicles, there's no problem with it too. And the trucks all kind of look all the same now. Have you, so I repost these people all the time. Have you seen charge cars? No. Oh man. So it's a it's an English or British company. It's been working on this for a couple years. This is not a resto mod. Everyone asks, is it a resto mod? No. It's a brand new manufactured vehicle. They obtained the rights of the patent or whatever to use the 1967 Ford Mustang Fastback body from Ford. So they obtained the patent, they started manufacturing these bodies themselves, and they've made them, it's a fully electric rear wheel drive 67 Fastback Mustang with a beautiful modern interior. Everything about it is awesome, awesome. And so whenever people say you're against electric cars, I say, no, I'm absolutely not. I'm against boring cars, boring cars suck. Teslas suck. They're boring. They're so boring. They're ugly. I think they're hideous. They just look like bubbles. And everyone's like, mm. but I'll defend them all day if someone's like, electric cars are bad. I said, no, they're not. They're just boring. They're not bad. I don't think they're bad. I don't think that um, our infrastructure is really ready to have so many electric cars that we'll, are coming out. We'll adjust as things um, happen. There will be a problem and we'll fix it like we always do. But the thing is, there already is a problem. Right, and we're working on fixing it. Mm. The American system relies on problems to move forward. If we don't have problems, we don't move. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this might be a problem that is not so easily fixed as just saying we're fixing it. I don't think there's any easily solved problems. No, because, for example, California is having their infrastructure problem because, I mean, California is really where you're going to find all those electric cars because that's, you know, where Tesla and all that started. Um, And they're, like, at this point right now where they literally cannot provide the electricity they need to charge all of these cars and keep the grid system going and keep the lights on. And I just feel like we're going to keep seeing that, especially in states like random ass north states or something that they get one person has an electric car of like 100 people and they're just not even prepared for that because they're like why'd you get an electric one bro everyone here has gas you think we can support your electric car california's got their own issues so i don't i don't even know where to start with that but you're right so like the northeast is so old compared to the southeast and i get you know we got st augustine oldest city in the united states but if you go up to the Northeast, it feels older and the infrastructure is way out it's there. way older. Way older. It feels like 1800s. Remember, the capital was New York yeah. when it was founded. I'm so still, you're not that far off. And after going to New York, I'm blown away that it's not still New York. It probably should be. It's like the center of the um, goddamn universe. It's, yeah, it's it is almost. <laughs> it's, so, it's a hub. It's huge. I feel like, well, there's more hubs popping up in America, but New York was definitely one of like the main hubs and then maybe California and then maybe Miami because that's just where everyone travels where they're foreign. Right. Like, you're not from, you're not coming from Spain and like going to Vermont no. or Maryland. <laughs> you're coming into the port of Miami or the port of Savannah or the port of New York. 
Yeah. Maybe California. California is the biggest uh, cargo port we have in the United States. It, it was so backed up a couple years ago. It's I think it's okay now. I haven't talked to anyone out there in a while, but it is a gigantic. Inland Empire is gigantic. All of those places, all of those submarkets are just massive. New York's massive. New Jersey's massive. Like there's, oh, it's so big. New York's actually not. Well, no. New, New York, York is a huge is port. New York City is not massive. Yeah. New York City is a little island. Okay, I get that. What I'm saying is the amount of products, goods, and services that flow through that city is gigantic compared to most places. You okay? I coughed on my wine. <laughs> I saw. No, no one else can see. Don't worry. They can only... You, you didn't make a noise, so you're fine. <laughs> I muted myself with good timing. It was good timing. So... Here's what I mean by it. And I, I get that I'm I'm absorbed in this world, so I'm sorry. I'm going to nerd out a little bit. So like Jacksonville, Florida, we've got our three ports here. We've got our, our industrial, which is warehouses, and I'm only counting anything of size. We're like 125, 130 million square feet. Miami, you guys are way bigger than that. And guess what? New Jersey dwarfs Miami. <laughs> Even bigger. L.A.? even bigger they are so huge and there's so much room and space and flow of products in those places it's just it's it's astounding once you see it i i know that miami is very big in um travel i don't know too much about our ports i know when i was working in aviation they would always say that miami's like miami international airport is maybe the second biggest international travel airport i think the first one might have been atlanta actually um atlanta and i just huge. that's crazy atlanta's disgusting not disgusting i mean like their airport is disgusting like i hate going there i want to cry it's massive and i hate it too and people complain about the miami airport um but i, I will say if you just kind of stick to an airline you won't get lost the next time you go i i fly american because my company pays for it. Um, so I fly American. I don't get lost. It's just a lot of walking. When I went to Atlanta, I think I got lost like three times and I almost missed my flight. And you have to figure out which terminals you're in and take the trams and all that. I hate the trams. Yeah, it's so confusing. It doesn't make any sense to me. I hate that people pack themselves in like sardines. Yeah, that was the, that was the one thing I was freaked out about in New York is when we did the subway and it was three stories of subway, which I still blows my mind how that's even possible. Which one did you go to? We I can't remember which line we were on, but so we were in New York City and we were I think in the middle, and so there was a whole subway above us and a whole subway below oh, us in the center. Oh, I know exactly where you were. Massive, and so we're getting in there, and I'm I'm I I got a big bubble. I'm a good old Southern boy, and so I don't like anyone near me. You and, don't have uh, bubbles in New York. Yeah, there was no bubble, and so it was like basically I looked at my family, and we looked at the thing, and I was like, "Can we fit?" And they're like, "We have to fit, or we're waiting thirty minutes." And I was like, "I'm not waiting thirty minutes. I'll fit," and we fit. <laughs> but it was a squeeze. I liked the subways in New York. I just wouldn't go through. Yeah, I wouldn't go during rush hours. Oh, I don't. I would take I don't the bus during rush hour. It was all craziness. Speaking of just like a mass amount of people, so I learned recently. And so my company's headquartered in Orlando, so we get a lot of information about Orlando and stuff. Did you know that a million people go through Orlando a day? 
Oh, yeah, that makes sense, just for all the theme parks they have. Yep, they see like 350 million tourists a year or something like that. I could be so far off, and it's going to make me sad if I am, but I'm pretty sure that's what they said. You want to Google it? I'm always going to Google it. Yeah, you might as well. And I don't. it's probably really hard to measure, because I don't really know how you get that information. But that was what they were tracking, I think. So, Orlando Airport alone uh, will see 40.3 million. A year? For every year. Jeez, that's a shitload of people. How many is that per day? That's like 300,000 a day? No, uh, less than that. On one day, the busiest day in history so far for them was March 16, 2023, with a total of 92,000 departing passengers on Saturday. That was two months ago. <laughs> 92,000 people in one day. That's insane. You know how much jet fuel that is? <laughs> can't imagine <laughs> but guess I... what it's really bad if you drive a truck you're killing the planet <laughs> i don't think plane travel is that bad i think what's what? bad is the private jet people that take a ride from like a city to a city and it's an hour trip that they could have done in two hours in the car oh no doubt that's what i think is stupid no doubt. i don't think it's stupid for me to get on a flight to boston i'm well so not you personally and not an individual but on such a gigantic scale of ninety-two thousand people which is how many planes, a couple thousand planes that are all burning that much fuel? Like that, that's 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 an issue right there. It doesn't consumer vehicles don't even hold a candle to how much carbon dioxide they're creating. Honestly, airports give me anxiety. I don't love so I I have such a love-hate relationship with airports. I love once you're where you need to go. And you're settled and you're good and you're ready to, and you just have a book and you're like, you feel like you're in purgatory. You're like, you're in this weird transition between place one and place two. And it's like, you're outside of time. That's cool. I like the being outside of time, but I don't like the actually having to get to that place. I hate it. I, if I have a flight at like, cause I travel early for work. So I'll usually fly out like, let's say seven. I will be at the airport at four 30. Yeah. Um, I almost missed a flight once and I, I learned that lesson and it's, it's, it's less painful. It's less painful to wait and sit for an hour and a half than it is to almost miss your flight. I have a system already because I travel every month for work. I go super early mm -hmm. at 5am. My favorite breakfast spots opens. Nice. Um, I get my croquetas. I get my toast. I get my cafe con leche. I have a, a Netflix ready and I just wait for my flight. Mm, croquetas and, and café con leche, oh. delicioso. Oh, shut up. No, that's good I don't stuff. I to say croquetas in English. How do you say that in English? There's no English term. It's croquetas or croquetas. So, like, that's what it is. Croquettes. Yeah, I mean, it's, whatever. You say the, the stupid white version of it. No. Oh. I just, it's, it's, a, it's a Cuban dish, isn't it? It's a pastry. I, no, no. Croquetas are not pastries. Croquetas are, um, they're like... This, uh, you, I don't even know how to describe it. You've gotten me croquettes. It's like the little, it's bread and filled with... I've gotten you croquettes before. Like meat, it's like bread and, and ham. Yeah. Mush thing. Yeah, that stuff but is awesome. A pastry is more like, um, I've gotten you the pastries too. Like, I just, why am I blanking on them right now? Because I'm trying to say them in English. Yeah, don't worry <laughs> about that. <laughs> it's not going to translate. <laughs> I've gotten you pan de bono. That's like a sweet kind of cheese bread i've gotten you that what is that um, second word because pan is bread what is the de bono i don't know what de bono is that one's colombian hmm. 
probably but doesn't. it's still good as hell it probably doesn't directly translate either it probably doesn't i've tried directly translating certain things for like you and other friends um and it just sounds so dumb in english that i'm like i can't even translate this for you dog like yeah, we're just... just gonna make up a new word for it yeah. no that's 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 been such a fun way like learn so you know i when i go to my restaurant every week and i sit with my people and i talk and learn and all that stuff like the i think the biggest brain opener i've had is when you start to realize oh well in a different lane in another language this this literally doesn't make sense but it makes sense in their context and once you understand that it it's something clicks and you're like all of a sudden like oh wait a minute there's different ways of looking at stuff oh it just makes a whole lot of sense it's cool i wish everyone would do it i think it's also like english where we have a lot of slang so much and then I will try to um, translate something for you, but I'll do it with slang. And then I'm like, oh, wait, but that's not the proper way to say it. And I will have to ask my mom. I'm like, hey, what is the proper way to say this before I just make him sound straight up Cuban? What did you say earlier? Batter, batty, batterize? Batty, battery rise? I said I need to re-batterize. Re-batterize. That's what it was. And like, I, so I knew exactly what you were saying. You were saying recharge, but rebatterize which would make sense in spanish because you're saying you need to char like get the battery back up in spanish um my grandma would say like ponte la batería which means like put in your batteries mm -hmm. and i'm like i don't know how to say that in english and <laughs> it's give its it own the word. same meaning <laughs> um like in spanish they would say ponte la batería which is like if you're being stupid they'll be like hey put your batteries in like get it together ponte um, ponte put in put in your battery Put on, put in. Put yeah. on, ponte. It kind of sounds like it. Uh, that, that was a very common term in my household. Because <laughs> like, I daydream a lot. Get so, your ass in gear. <laughs> um, I would hear that. It's kind of funny. But it's fine. It's like, I mean, it, it's such a laid back language, it feels like, where it reflects back onto the culture. And you're like, it's kind of a laid back culture. It's There's a lot of fun happening. Yes and no. Okay. I feel like some people listen to us talk and they think we're arguing and it's just that we're very loud and like a little bit aggressive and a little bit passionate. Sometimes like I've had my grandma talk to me in Spanish in front of a friend of mine that doesn't speak Spanish. She should be like, why did your grandma go off on you? I'm like, no, she was telling me what was for dinner. <laughs> Dude, your people talk Arabic? <laughs> yeah. Oh my like, God. They're like, oh, it's such a romantic language. I'm like, yeah, so you're being told off. It's not that romantic. Oh, my God. So I have a bunch of Arabic friends from different descents here in Jack's. And it's funny because the one thing they have in common across all of their cultures and languages is that they sound so goddamn angry all the time. Now, you're my friends. Like, my, my Lebanese friend. This is a friend I love her family. They're all very, very fun, nice, good people. And a lot of passion, a lot of energy is a polite way to put it. But you hear them talk to each other and you're like, you're about to kill each other. Like, what are you doing? You're like, no, no, no. We were actually just talking about how soccer practice went for the younger brother. <laughs> That's the fun thing about language. I have a friend that's German and like if her parents call her, like she, she talks to her dad in German. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know what they were talking about. We were on FaceTime and she's just kind of like talking to her dad at the door I was like, is everything okay? And she was like, oh, yeah, he's just, he's going to go do groceries. I'm like, dude, I thought he was telling you off because it was like 
10 o'clock at night and she was like no he's just going to walmart (laughs) okay i heard some someone told me this i don't remember who but they were a german speaker and i said how did you like how do you do this and i remember she laughed and she said oh most of the time we don't even know what we're saying to each other it's so confusing (laughs) i was like i can see that that's so strange it's such a structured culture like germans are known for being very structured very gray everything makes sense kind of people and um well the language is just so up in the air that's like the french if you go to france trying to speak french they're gonna look at you funny because i tried i tried they have a well they have a slang too where most of their words are shortened or their phrases but they know exactly what they're saying they refused to sell us a pretzel we were in i can't remember the city it was it was somewhere yeah absolutely so we did the we did the river cruise like what is it 2023 so it was like seven or eight years ago and so we started in switzerland got to go down see a bunch of places in germany and france and the germans are interesting because no one looks at each other they just walk straight ahead like everyone's on a mission and it's very you look you're like oh this is exactly what i expected and the french cities are so beautiful and cool but the french are such dickheads at least the ones i experienced we tried to buy tried to go in and get a pretzel and so Whenever you go in, we're trying to blend in because there's a bunch of asshole Americans around and the asshole Americans stand out. And you're like, I don't want to be what that guy's doing. Like whatever he's (laughs) doing is not appealing because in my country, when someone's an asshole from a different country, we don't like them. I don't want to be that. I want to fit right in and let them know how thankful I am that they're allowing me into their country to see what they do and to eat their food. It's beautiful and I love it. So pre-prepped outside the place there's a little walk-in place for pretzels said okay this is exactly how you order a pretzel this is like we've translated it we ran it by somebody like we're good okay great awesome walk in it's like i can't remember what the translation was but asked like hello i would like a pretzel can we have that one please and they basically just like i was like what no like no like we don't want to sell you anything i was like what like i held up money i was like no no no, like money like we have money and they're like no no no. we we don't want to sell you anything you're american I was like, oh, you guys are just dickheads. Okay, never mind. See ya. <laughs> I will say when I went to France, I didn't speak English. Sure, and I wouldn't blame you. Yeah. my Like, literally, when we landed, my aunt and uncle were like, we, we're not American here. We're Spanish. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and you probably fit right in. Um... I'm sure they could still tell because like me and my cousin would speak English before like the waiters came and then we would like switch to Spanish and they were probably like, hmm, these bitches. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm on to you. <laughs> but you'd be surprised how many of the French speak Spanish and they were like, whatever. Sure, it's probably not that big of a jump. Honestly, in America, it's pretty sad how everyone, or not everyone, but a large majority just speak English because if you go to Europe, it's like minimum bilingual. Yeah. In the, they expect you to know English and your home country language. Well, we I think we would be so much better off if we pushed it a little bit harder or if we embraced it a little bit more. Because I don't, I mean, the, the public education system tries to teach Spanish class and it's just terrible. Like, they don't, they, at least yeah, I didn't. Yeah, but then they gave you an English teacher that doesn't know Spanish who went to school for like maybe a year. Right, exactly. Exactly, it doesn't make sense. But we, I think we would be a lot more open-minded and accepting as a culture if we had to learn some other language because you would see oh this is structured this way and that's why they think of the world the way they do because it's just like the way that they communicate which is all we really have at the end of the day that's how it's built so that's how they're built i do think it's hard to teach a language that maybe isn't your 
either your passion because there is obviously some people that that's not their first language and they still pick it up and they teach it beautifully sure. but like if it's not your passion and it's not your first language you're gonna suck as a teacher for it because i had a french teacher that was definitely not her passion she was not french i had learned jack shit. yeah my spanish teacher even though i am spanish that was literally the only other option i'm like i'm not taking french again um so i just did advanced speaking for spanish speakers and even with that i had a cuban teacher and i learned more proper spanish because she didn't let it she didn't let you get away with slang in her class um which is fine and but i was learning from someone who was like spaniard spanish who only spoke to you in spanish if you spoke to her in english she would look at you like you were stupid she's like i don't speak english and i'm like you just said that in english she's like i'll speak english (laughs) um i feel like you need that because i've I've gone to my cousin's school in Pembroke Pines. Like I picked her up one time because I was on her list thing to pick her up. And the teacher was like a, like, I don't want to say like he was a white guy, but like he was a white guy. He was a white guy. (laughs) Who didn't know Spanish. Like she was just like, oh yeah, this is my Spanish teacher. And I straight up said, hola, like, how are you? And he just looked at me and he was like, estoy bien. And I was like, okay, that's what's Uh, teaching here. Okay, we're going to go. This is Mr. Johnson. I literally looked at her and I'm like, you can learn better Spanish from grandma. We're leaving right now. Yeah, like, I'm not going to speak to this man. It's, I learned more from my little hanging out with my people at my favorite restaurant than I do from anything else. And like Duolingo is a great resource. I love it. But just being around them to be able to say like, como se dice, and then enter whatever you want and have, they'll tell you how they would do it. That's a great way to do it. That's another funny thing. I'm sure the way they would tell you to say something, I would say differently. Mm. Because they're not Cuban. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, there are all kinds of different South American I've asked. There's Mexican, Bolivian, Colombian. There's a couple different. And they I'm Caribbean though. There you go. And that's gonna be a little different. Yeah, because Puerto Ricans and Cubans are Caribbean. Yeah. We're not South American. It's the funniest. Puerto Ricans are always I so like Eric who was on here a while ago. He's one of my best friends of all time. He's Puerto Rican, and so I grew up around his family. And <laughs> their Spanish is definitely a little different. <laughs> I am Cuban, and there's a very bad joke that well, it's not a bad joke. It's kind of true. Um, that Cubans and Puerto Ricans like don't get along. I don't know why. It's just like a common thing. Um, there's like even a joke in and i'm sure puerto ricans do it too like i god this sounds so bad if you're puerto rican listening to this i don't say this shit okay this is something my grandma says and like if i'm doing something dumb she'll be like stop being puerto rican and i'm like grandma's not nice (laughs) um i love it (laughs) and my my brother's half like my half brother's half puerto rican so when he does stupid things, my grandma will be like, oh, that's your dad's side okay. coming out. So um. <laughs> this is exactly like when we have someone down here and I'm like, yo, are you from New York? Like, did you just move here? Are you being a dickhead? Like, like, that's exactly the same thing. We don't actually mean it. We're just being an asshole. Basically. It's really funny, um, I think. But there are words in Cuban Spanish that are bad words in Puerto Rican Spanish. Like what? Like, that's how different. Um, if you're Puerto Rican, I apologize. But bicho in cuban spanish means bug like it's on bicho it's a bug puerto rican bicho is um it's dick nice it's dick it's kind of what i was hoping for yeah so like if i'm in front of an older lady from puerto rico and i say oh my god on bicho she's gonna look at me and be like oh my god a dick where so 
you have to be careful who you say that around. And I learned that the hard way when I was younger. Did you did you try it and there's some old ladies like, who's naked? Well, yeah, because when I was little, like, you know, that's what they teach little kids. Like, it's on Beachel. Like, so that's a bug. And I was like five years old and my grandma's neighbor was Puerto Rican and I said it in front of her and she was like, oh my God, don't say that. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? Lady, it's a bug. That's like, um... Yeah, so down here we call it cornhole, and up in the Midwest they call it bags. You ever heard that? Yeah, cornhole's a very white sport. I didn't find out about it until I went to college. But do you love it? No, actually, I don't really? care that much for cornhole. Oh, I think it's so much fun. It's so easy. You're kind of just, like, out in the sun, hanging out. Like, there's no physical action really involved. Yeah, I honestly, I'm so honest. I did not know what that was until I went to FGCU. I think it's it's a very it's either a very midwestern or a very southern thing. Like that's there's nothing in between. I don't think the northeasterners play it. I have no clue. We gotta have Maybe Joey, I, Joey back on. See know. what he says. Um, pop and soda is another one. So like we they say what pop. What the hell is that? Well, they say pop, and I'm thinking oh. like a balloon, like pop a balloon. Like no no no, like I'll have a pop, and I was like oh, I do. You, do you mean a, a soda? <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? Like, a Coke? A Pepsi? A Dr. Pepper? We have choices down here. What do you want? <laughs> I like the Pepsi and Coke argument, because for some reason, people up north really like Pepsi, and do people they? down south really like Coke, and I think it's because we have the Coke in Atlanta, so they just have so much, probably, product down here somewhere. That would make sense. I There is a, there is a taste difference, and I could tell, because I've tried, but I don't think it's big enough to really matter. Like, there's certain people... Cause I mean, when it, so when I was waiting tables, there was there was people who would say like, "Do you have Pepsi products?" And I said, "No, we have Coke products." Like, would you like a would you like a Coke? And like, no. It's like really like it's not that different. <laughs> like, there's I, I'm gonna tell you right now, it's really not that big of a. Ooh, hang on, let me go get more wine. One sec. Okay, sorry about that. Chelsea grabbed her wine bottle, and I was reminded that I probably need to grab another one. And now we are both rebatterized. Rebatterized. Cheers to rebatterized. How about that? I have said so many words that are incorrect in English throughout my life that I just accept it at this point. I want to keep track of them because then I can, I'll run them by my people at the restaurant and I think they'll get a real kick out of it. I say uh, the other day, someone asked me what I was doing. I was grocery shopping. Completely forgot what grocery shopping was. I said, I am food shopping. <laughs> yeah, well, you're not wrong. That's what I said. They were like, oh, you're doing groceries. I'm like, same shit, bro. Don't judge me right now. I forgot the word. Yeah, but groceries, groceries like a made up word. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like we would, you would be food shopping. I've never understood the term groceries. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't know where it comes from or anything. Pretty much all of our words do come from something. And they all have really weird, funny, very like, oh, that's a super redneck thing to do. Like that kind of a story. So the reason a dollar is called a buck is because back in the day, um, a deer pelt was worth $1, and it was a buck. So that was it. That's why we call it a buck. Isn't that funny? I love that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's so simple. Yeah. yeah. So the pioneers would rather eat other things. They didn't really want to eat the deer because it didn't have any fat on it, and you needed fat to survive. So <laughs> the deer were more prized for their skins, and so you'd, you'd kill a, a buck, and you'd go trade it for a buck, which was a shitload of money in the 1800s. I think the only reason I get upset with the English language sometimes, and even the Spanish one, is that I will forget a word in English, but I'll remember it in Spanish, or I'll forget a word in Spanish, and I'll remember it in English. And very often, it is a very dumb word. Like, scrunchy? 
Scrunchy? I didn't know what the word sc a scrunchy, like a hair oh. tie. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know what the word scrunchy was until like middle school. I don't think, I think that's a product. I don't think that's a word. Well, no, because people say hair tie is scrunchy. So like that's how people refer to it. Well, we, we call it like a tissue. We you're call not a bolt. You're not a girl. You don't understand. You're right. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not saying that I do. Um, my, I mean, the example that comes to mind is we don't say uh, tissue. We say Kleenex. Like, can I have a Kleenex? Kleenex is a brand. It's not a, it's not a, an object. What do you guys call True. tissues? I don't know. Um, is there no Spanish word for it? I'm trying to think. It's just like, can I have like a paper napkin? Yeah. I love that we made up tissue. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's like a direct tissue in Spanish. I tissue. mean, maybe they're probably a tejido. You ever heard of it? No. I say panuelo sometimes, but a panuelo is like, you remember in like the old days, like a guy would have like a tissue thing in like his pocket? Yeah, a pocket, uh, pocket square. Okay. That's kind of, like that's what a panuelo is like. That's usually what a grandpa would have. Mm -hmm. I've never heard of someone say tejido or a handkerchief. Handkerchief. Thank you. A handkerchief is like panuelo. Not a pocket square. Pocket squares are fancy. Handkerchiefs are for blowing your nose. But even that, I, I also feel like, and this is like something bad about Cubans. We use a lot of slang, so we don't use like proper Castellano, which is like Spaniard Spanish. So there's definitely times where like, I'll be listening to, for example, like my favorite driver, he's Spanish, like from Spaniard. I'll be listening to him talk Spanish sometimes. I'm like, what the, what did he just say? And it's because he's speaking so proper that I'm like, I have to slow you down, babe. Like, I don't know what that means. Our, so the English language has evolved so hard in like 200 years and gone through so many stupid phases. And in the last 30 years alone, it's gone through some really, really, really stupid slang phases. So I read the sentence today, it's giving peasant. And that sentence is utter nonsense up until about a year ago. No, it makes ago. complete sense. Now it makes sense. Now you're like, okay, I get what this moron little kid is trying to say. Like, you're an idiot, but I understand you. But three years ago, you would have said that and someone would have said, are they having a stroke? Like, what's wrong with this person? It doesn't, it just doesn't make sense in proper English. It's stupid. I, okay, I took this really stupid class in college because like, you have to take a bunch of classes when you're a, communic when you're a communication major about like words, basically, mm -hmm. um, and rhetoric and shit. But there was this one class I took that to this day, I will bring it up with people and it's just so funny to me. She started the lesson with like dog on the board and she was like, dog, what are you thinking of? And I was like, I don't know, Chihuahua. And she did that every single person. And she was like, cool. So you don't know what I mean when I say dog. And not one of y'all had the same dog in your head. English language. And I just looked at her and I was like, go away. And she was like, I could tell you Chihuahua. And every single person here is going to imagine a different Chihuahua. But you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. So what was her point? Her point is that, English, that every word is made up and that the only reason we know what it means is because we have created an association with it as we've gotten older and learned to speak. Sure, but what's, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it's just, we're doing the best we there's can. There's not, but she wanted to showcase how words also can mean nothing. Sure. Like, it's literally a society has made up this word, society has made up this definition, society has made up the context of this word, like, whether it's bad or good, you know? And just, like, Someone's going to say something like gay. 
that, oh, that, it, that what it means now didn't mean in the 1800s that just meant happy-go-lucky frolicking and shit hey, 30 years and, ago meant something like, different exactly but it's just society decided to change the definition decided to change the context decided to change our attitude towards it and now we're like oh cool you know Remember when the word fag meant cigarette? It literally did in the 1980s. Like, it did. <laughs> that's a real thing. And then all of a sudden, we've got this other context attached, and it's the forbidden word. It's one of the three. No, there's actually this thing in rhetoric and um, rhetoric speech, and it's like angel words and like devil words. Yeah. And you and like those words technically can be the same word. But just the way you use it in like context is like what changes the meaning to it. I agree. I think we're so bad at determining context that we've just we found it easier to vilify wor certain words because we don't we don't want to do the work to figure out the context. Because so it's a good example. I always get back to so my girlfriend's grandpa is ninety something years old, and I think the world probably looks insane to him right now and so we're watching we're watching the um the super bowl this past year and <laughs> remember who came on for the halftime show it was rihanna so i'm so sorry i didn't even watch it this year yes yes so rihanna's up there and he makes a comment a positive comment about how everything's going and he uses the term <laughs> colored person <laughs> And uh, and I'm just sitting there trying not to laugh because all like all I'm thinking to myself, and you know I've had a couple drinks at this point, but all I'm thinking to myself is, in this in this poor man's head, he's done nothing wrong. He means no one any harm. He is the sweetest old dude you've ever met. He's a good guy. He's a truly good guy. He just said something that would get him crucified in public, and he didn't mean it. <laughs> it was. It would crack me up because immediately my red my alarms went off. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like he said the thing. <laughs> like, don't say that. <laughs> but I I I just know he didn't mean anything bad by it. It was just something that, in his context, sixty years ago made sense. I think some old people are just racist. There's nothing else you can do about it. And some old people are just they're not racist, but they don't know how to be what's not considered racist now if yeah, that makes sense there was no discrimination in the sentence like it was it was it was a very positive thing it was it was i would say like he's not racist yeah there was no discrimination he's in, in his generation that would be like the most non-racist thing to say it'd be perfectly normal exactly in our generation we're like oh shit don't say that don't say that well because we've assigned but we can't really blame though because they're not in our generation they're like not on I'm assuming her an 90 something year old grandpa is not on Twitter no. and TikTok. God, no, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's not like up to date on what people are saying shouldn't be said. And he's just like, I think that sounded really good. That sounded polite. Yeah, but I th so because my grandpa does the same thing. Yeah, and the purpose of it all was that I, I, I wanted to write a piece about this for the longest time, and I just don't even know how to go about it. But I think I think we're so bad. We're so bad at context, and we're so bad at language, and the English language is so clunky and convoluted and terrible that that's why we get into all these stupid arguments about things that don't matter and i'm like you guys are you're yelling at this person who didn't really do anything wrong you've never actually asked them their opinion about it you've never sat down and had a conversation they said something on the internet and you took it way out of context and started yelling instead of asking questions because our language is structured in a way that we're not able to do that 
it's weird. I do wonder if other countries struggle with this and we just don't know because that's not our language. It's probably possible. I just don't know. I'm curious because there's no, like, I mean, I, we all know that other countries look at America and laugh right now, but like we can't be the only stupid ones. Yeah, but we laugh at other people too. I mean, everyone does dumb things out of context. I laugh at the French. Mm -hmm. They've got their issues. I laugh at the British. They've got their issues. I laugh at the Germans. They've got their issues. The Italians, everyone, the Poles. I do like how the French handle riots, though. How do they handle riots? With freaking chaos, and they just get it done. Well, they're the they are the queens of revolution. They are the OG revolutionaries. Oh. It's amazing. It's crazy. Um, it was kind of funny. So back to the language thing, real quick. The I think language reveals a lot about a culture. And so we are at a weird point in time where the, the People's Republic of China is like the world's bad guy for really good reason. They do a lot of terrible things, but they're weird to us, I think, not because of what they do, but because of how they do it. And the way that Mandarin is structured, and I learned this a little while ago, and I, I, I still find it so fascinating. And I wish I had time to study the language more than I do, but their language is so formal and proper and structured. And everything is about identifying someone by their family name, identifying what you want from them, and then ending it in the proper way. And you do it that way, and that's how it is. And if you don't do it that way, it doesn't make any sense to anyone. If you do it another way, it means something completely different. And the way that their language is structured and why leads to a lot of clues of why they do the things that they do. You're like, oh, this this makes so much sense. And then you add historical context in it and it makes even more sense. No, well, I think it's a good example. I mean, you can also kind of see that like in communication with them. Like I have Japanese coworkers and- Japanese is different than Mandarin. No, but I'm saying in the sense that like, I also have to be very straightforward with them. I can't like try and use too many- There's no slang. Yeah. like. Especially because they they speak English, but they know the basics of it. So I can't go crazy and try and use like a bunch of terminology because they're just going to look at me like I'm stupid. They're going to be like, get to the point. Yeah, and I'm like, okay. Like, they don't understand. That. They don't understand the point of fluff words. Yeah, they don't make sense. And they're just, they, they exist for us in English to not piss each other off. And I think it was. And they they it, do the sod thing. The what? Like, I have to refer to my boss. I'm not gonna say his name, but like something son. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just it's honorable. It's like, oh, this is the thing that you do. I'm Chelsea Son. Well, in, Suck it. in Mandarin, I would be Cole because you call me by my family name. You'd be Fernandez. And then if we were very yeah. familiar with each other to a point where we're not worried about offending each other, we'd use first names. So have you ever No, you have to call me Fernandez now. <laughs> can do I can. I had no problem doing that. Um have you ever watched in like an older anime with the with the original Japanese over it and then subtitles? Yes. The English subtitles are whack. I've had a friend tell me that like it's usually better though to watch the ones that are like in Japanese and translated because when you watch the ones that are sub, they're usually even more off. Yeah, that's not what I'm saying. So what I'm saying is like the like the way that they've said the sentence, it when you directly translate it, makes no sense in English. It is absolutely crazy. And it's like if I said this out loud, I would be so people would be like, "What's wrong with you? Like that does that? You're scaring me." But 
for them, it's like, oh, wait, that's a totally normal thing. And so that's kind of what I was alluding to. Oh, yes. I've seen that, too. And then we've got, like, the dub companies like Funimation that do all this, and they dub over it, and they've got very popular voice actors that do these things. And I do like Funimation, though. I think they're fantastic. And you recognize the voices <laughs> across. I just, I can't help it. I love it. And so, like, I'm, so I'm going through One Piece right now, which I know Silver loves. And, um, and Zoro is what's his face from my hero. And I, like every time I eat um, All Might. And so like I hear the voice and I'm like, oh, yeah. this is like, this makes my day. <laughs> like I'm hearing All Might say this. It cracks me I up. I do love my hero. I never got into One Piece, but only because I don't want to make the commitment. Because I know it's not even finished. It's long. And it's long. Yeah. I, I, I made don't... a commitment to my hero because I could just buy the manga. And I just read ahead of the seasons cracks me up i i was so against anime for so long and then you get into it and you're like man the freedom when, whenever you're animating in this style you have the freedom to write whatever storyline you want you don't have the restrictions and the restrictions that i think we have a lot of times in american culture the stories end up being the exact same thing and while it's the same structure it's repackaged a little different so i'm like okay i'm really bored with this i think i already know what's going to happen it's it's the same format over and over well, isn't, isn't that, I mean, I'm not going to shit on anime. I watch it. But isn't that kind of the same thing with anime? Yeah, but it's like... You have the hero. You have the villain. There's usually a group of friends that are going to help you. There's the one dummy, the one really smart one, the one really mean one. There's usually the one girl in the group that they allow because she's kind of quirky and they probably made her a little too sexy for her age. <laughs> so, but, but they lean... Oh, there's always an old man. Always. So they lean so far into those archetypes that I think it makes it more fun. I freaking love it. There, there's a specific anime that I know me and a few of my girlfriends like, and it's um, like the the ones that are like romance based. Oh yeah, I'm not into that. <laughs> I don't know what the name it's of it you. is, but I don't even. You know what? Your girlfriend probably like them too. They're so good. Um, and we get so into it. But then when I watch like things like One Piece. I like it. It's very entertaining, but I'm a sucker for the romance lines. I will say, though, when I do the translations, like, I watch the translations, it sounds funny and a little weird. Well, they have to fit. I mean, so the, the people who are speaking English have to fit over what has already been done. So they, they have to put words into a mouth that already has a set amount of movement. So if the guy was just, like, talking for a whole sentence about something that didn't make any sense to us, they have to just fill that with words that somehow make the plot work. It sounds like a hard job. Well, I think it's like we were talking about earlier. Just like Spanish doesn't always translate well to English. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I just mean that like, so it's already animated. So like like the, the image is already there and then you have to fit the audio inside of it. It just seems hard. I would love to be a, I want to be like a sub person one day like the one that makes the subtitles I would love to be a subtitle person be fun it'd be really fun I would do it so much better than so many of these bitches I hate watching tv <laughs> and I catch a subtitle mistake because I'm like how do I email them and tell them that's wrong so how much I emailed the Ferrari website because they had something wrong on their website when I was doing research for a podcast and I was like hey <laughs> You guys duplicated this page. I just wanted to let you know as a fan. Are you guys a are you a Cuban Karen? My mom is. <laughs> I think that's so funny. Is um Josh Josh Cartoo is not racing anymore, is he? 
not in Formula One that I know of. I'm uh, sure he's Formula One. That was a while ago. I love that guy. I used to follow him pretty well, and he was he was my only attachment into it for a minute. And he was a he was a big Ferrari guy. He had all the newest Ferraris. They sponsored him. They loved him. That was fun. I liked him. He was a good personality. I don't think I've heard of that guy. He might have had an accident or something. So how much wine? Wait, have you what's had? the thing? I've had about half a bottle. You swore and you didn't correct yourself. Oh shit! Oh. No 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 no! no. It's okay. I put the explicit tag on here for a reason. <laughs> I had to put the explicit tag on our episode too because everyone curses. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not a big deal. It's a podcast. So um, the guy was talking about is Josh Cartu, and the last name is C A R T U. I emailed him way back in the day. He never responded. I think you're muted. I'm not muted. You were. Your mouth was moving. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I only had one driver respond to me, and it was the guy that I got a signature from. Nice. I feel like you guys promote the um, – oh, we haven't – this whole time we haven't talked about it. You have, a, you have another podcast you work on, and it's awesome. Yeah, but that, I feel funny promoting that on your podcast. I don't want you to promote it. I just want to talk about it. I, all right, so let me check. Yeah, so we're at one twelve right now. So let's spend the last fifteen minutes talking about that. You're so. Fun. What would you like to know? I'm just curious how it's going. It's going really well. We do three episodes a week. That's a lot. Holy cow. Um, and there's about like nine girls in total. There's not nine girls like on every episode. There's maybe like max five, and. The nine is just because we have every social media you can think of, and they're all being run. Um, we have the website going. We are on about four different platforms. I think I'm still fighting with Google. Um, <laughs> yeah, I tried. Yeah. It's not fun. It's not. It's not. But fun. it's fun, and I learn a lot, and I got to go to the Formula One race, so that was really cool. You got to meet people. Um, you met a team. I did. I met Williams, and they're really nice, and I really like them because Williams has literally been like on the track, I think, since the '50s when Formula One started. So it's an old team to meet. It's just awesome. I'm just I'm happy you're doing. It. I think it's really cool. Five people is a shit. Oh, and I met Duracell. Nice, and I know you guys. You guys talk with them a lot because you've had interactions <laughs> with the team, which is really cool. Yes, love Duracell's people. That's kind of the purpose of doing all this. It's just it, it ends up leading to really fun interactions with people you wouldn't otherwise interact with. For a show called I Hate Networking, I'm going to let all of y'all listeners know I love networking. Put me in there, coach. That's, yeah, it's for me. It's, don't worry about it. So I love the irony. Silver couldn't come tonight. She's like, yeah, I'm going to a networking event. I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> it's so perfect. Oh, and I have Silver low-key becoming a, a fan. Good, good. I'm sure she'd love it. She's very high energy. Fits right in. She only listens to the podcast I'm on, though. That's okay. She loves you. <laughs> I think it's great but it's stuff. Fun. It's fun. I honestly, I think um, it's a fun hobby to have in the sense that, like, there's a lot of people into it. And You mean F1? Yeah. Well, motorsports. Yeah. Because you don't have to, like, like F1. Like, I have a girlfriend that likes MotoGP more than F1. Um, I'm not really a MotoGP person, but she owns a motorcycle, so it makes sense that she's into MotoGP. I just, 
I don't know. So I, I'm such a, the opposite kind of car nut where I love what's ever, I love what's happening in the vehicle and I love the design. Like that attracts me. I like the sport itself has very little appeal to me. So go ahead. You, you have something to say. I was going to say, no, something you would probably find fun about the cars is that a lot of them um, intermix their designs in the sense that like, I'm pretty sure three, I'm pretty sure like three teams right now are using Mercedes brakes. Well, if they make the best products, that makes sense. But I, so I mean, like when I see. No, no, not like their brakes. Like they bought the plans and like Mercedes sold how they made their brakes to other teams. Yeah. Yeah. And when you get into that level of granular detail that's a lot it's pretty crazy it's interesting it is but so what's exciting for me is seeing seeing we'll call it like a like a c6 corvette that doesn't have any corvette piece on it it's got what a 2jz engine and all this stuff and some crazy rear wheels and a whole custom made exhaust system like seeing that i'm like that's exciting you've created this weird frankenstein that shouldn't exist on a platform that some company had a vision for and you said fuck your vision i'm gonna do it my way that's awesome. And if it works even better, that's cool. I like it. I think it's fun. I don't know too much about like normal cars. Like how you know about normal cars. They're getting boring. So don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know, I don't know shit about that. But like you want to talk about like an F1 car. I'm starting to learn like how the chassis are built and everything, which is fun. That is pretty cool. The fabrication I'm sure is interesting. Well, I know Matt, Matt and I disagree all day about this and I miss Matt and I know he's going through it. He's got his board exams and all that. So we haven't seen him in forever, but we disagree all day. I said the golden era of cars was 2015 to 18 and everyone hates me for it. They're like, there's no way. Yeah. I don't agree with that either. Everyone disagrees. I'd say like maybe, I don't know, 2008 to I've gotten three. No, not even. Maybe like 2006 to like 2010. I usually get three answers. The 70s, the 90s, and the early 2000s. And all for different reasons. 70s for design. 90s for the power we were able to generate out of crazy things. Like the 2JZ engine came out there. The Supra was dominating. Bunch of awesome stuff was happening. And the early 2000s because we saw a lot of weird new things that had never been done. But we saw the peak of what we could do with cars without brutal regulations from 2015 to 18. We got the best Ferrari ever made. I will fight you all day on that. We got the, the best Dodge Viper ever made. We got the best Ford GT. We got the best Corvette. I'll fight anyone all day. The C7 Corvette is the best. The C8's awesome, but it ain't a Corvette. It's really cool looking, but... Man, front engine, rear wheel drive, all that good stuff. We got all the best versions of everything. We got the Porsche 918, which is a revolutionary invention. Amazing. We got all these awesome things. You know what is sad? Porsche almost became an F1 team, like literally in 2026. I think they just released that they're not going to do it. Porsche doesn't need to do F1. Porsche's Porsche's Porsche. They're they're great where they Porsche are. Porsche doesn't need to, but I think it would have been fun. <laughs> I'm sure. My so I. I admire the shit out of Porsche because they have always, as far as I can tell, and there's so like the people who are into Porsche are really into it. And I'm not one of them, but the people who are into it know everything about it. All I know is that I like that they've stayed true to their image. They have had true driver sports cars for their entire existence. Well, Porsche is in Formula E though. They have the Taycan, Taycan, however you say it, which is pretty and cool. They do the Le Mans too. That makes sense. I just know that a Porsche 911 Turbo has always been a Porsche 911 Turbo. 
valid. It's really fast. <laughs> I still would like port. I think that Audi wanted to do something with F1 too, but I don't know if they're just going to provide engines or if they were planning on like making their way into a team. Well, it gets convoluted because Audi is just Volkswagen and Volkswagen owns everything. I don't think Volk. Well, you know what? Actually, I'm going to take that back because I think people have told me that Volkswagens are fast, right? It depends. I mean, what kind of Volkswagen are you talking about? Like a little about? Golf? The Golf? I feel like R people upgrade that shit. The Golf R's are quick. I'll tell you that. All-wheel drive and 250 horsepower, however much it is, it's probably like 300. I don't know. I don't remember how much they have now, but no, the Golf R's. I know R's one of the drivers was driving them for a while. People love to upgrade their GLIs, the Jetta, Jetta GLI. They're okay. I, um, I feel like there's going to be a lot of changes in 2025 and 6 for F1. It's going to be a lot of weird things. So by my big prediction, which has changed in the last two years, is, so in the last couple of years, I know Matt and I go back and forth on this as well. We both kind of said by 2030, I think, I think the V8 engine is going to be dead by 2030. I think it's only going to be enthusiasts. It just at the rate that things are moving and um, Mercedes sold out. They said, we're killing ours. Ford is the, like the last holdout because the Camaro is dying. The Corvette's still alive. The Challenger's dying. I don't think the Charger's dying. The trucks are all, no, the trucks are slowly but surely moving to V6 turbos or electric. Trucks make sense electric though. Trucks don't make a whole lot of sense with a big old V8. I don't know. I, I know that Formula One's gonna change because they're gonna start doing hybrid power units or they're going to like change the regulations in 2026 and they're going to start doing hybrid power units. That's why I told you Ford was going to start trying to get back into Formula One because they're going to come specifically to help with hybrid units. Kind of makes sense. They've been up in their battery technology. Um, I had, so one of my last thoughts for this show was that I, I think we've gotten the whole hybrid thing backwards. It makes so much more sense to have a big battery with a very small, like I'm talking the smallest four cylinder you can imagine, like a 1.6 liter, that makes sense. Like the smallest little four cylinder you can imagine. That's the backup. So you've got this big battery that's weighing the car down, supported by the engine. The engine could burn five gallons of gas or so, just as support, like slowly but surely churning away. You'd probably get like 60 miles to the gallon, something like that. I mean, you're just, you're, you're barely using any gas. You rely mostly on the battery power to get you going. I think there's a limit on how much gas they can put in, but I don't know what the limit is. It probably makes sense because you don't want it to explode, but I think I just- Well, no, because you have to stop once in Formula One. Like you have to do uh, one pit stop. I see what you're saying. You're talking about the, the racing. I just mean like consumer vehicles. Because we, we always had, oh. we always had a, we always had a, like a small engine or we had a big engine backed up by a small battery. That doesn't make sense. Small okay. battery makes no sense. Big battery backed no. up by small engine is like way better. I think. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> All right. I'm out of wine. Did you have fun? Yep. Great time. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. I am done unless you have anything else you want to talk about. No, but we can talk about Formula One anytime. I know too much anyways. Shoot. I don't mind. I'm going to have more questions for next time. All right. Bye, everyone. See you next week.